The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today, 1976, Episode 9, All By Myself. In this episode, we'll cover October 6th through November 19th. All right, now go for real. Oh, God, play that one more time. <laughs> Just 
October 9th, John Lennon celebrates his 36th birthday today at his Dakota apartment with his wife Yoko and their son Sean. Down in front of the Dakota on 72nd Street, the same fans that waited for John in front of the Copley Plaza in Boston a few weeks ago are now hanging out in front on the street. This time they brought a birthday gift for John. John acknowledges them and sends down slices of his birthday cake to share. In the meantime, a taxi arrived with Ringo and Nancy's gift for John, a performance by porn poet Kathy Doherty, a.k.a. Cherry Vanilla. Miss Doherty has also been making a name for herself in the punk rock scene, forming a band called Cherry Vanilla and her Staten Island band, playing such venues around New York such as Max's Kansas City. Cherry Vanilla arrived at the Dakota ready to give John his birthday present, an erotic poem based on Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. I did a poem for John Lennon once for his birthday as a gift from Ringo Starr, and Yoko Ono had arranged it, and it was a great moment in my life to be able to do something for John Lennon. It's a thrill, absolutely. And um, when I visited with Yoko and John for a few minutes after I did this poem, uh, they said that they had watched me on the Tom Snyder show, and they were so beautifully complimentary and incredible about the things they said to me about what they felt and like it was an incredible thing to think wow you know John and Yoko were out there watching me on TV you know and digging my poetry and how fabulous you know that's communication. John later recalled Ringo said he was sending something over and that could mean anything. Then this girl walks in with skin tight trousers.
Still in New York City on October 13th, Manhattan Cable raunchy personality George Urban, affectionately known as Ugly George, was doing a bit for his cable variety show, The Ugly George Hour of Truth, Sex, and Violence. If you do not wish to see a program containing nudity, turn to another channel immediately, but do not deprive others of their constitutional right to view a program of their choice. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 11.30. From downstairs in ye Polish penthouse, the ugly George hour of truth, sex, and violence. The show revolved around him walking the streets of Manhattan in an open-chested silver vest and short shorts as he approached women on the streets and tried to wheedle them into broom closets of office buildings or restaurants as he coaxed them on camera to take their clothes off. You can't even open the coat for one second? No. Come on, just open the coat. No. You got a blast on, right? He also loved to interview celebrities or politicians on topics relating to sex. With that in mind, Ugly George found himself at the reopening celebration of Andy Warhol's Copacabana Club Disco in New York City. Ugly George got lucky this evening as he spots ex-Beatle John Lennon along with Yoko Ono seated at a table. And we're here with Yoko Ono. And we'd like to ask you too, especially since everyone says that you wrote a lot of words into the Beatles songs about the hidden meaning of sex in music and uh, sex in movies. John? Uh, what do you mean? Well, especially what I'm talking about is uh, how much of the dialogue that you wrote the, it, as part of the Beatles in the 60s and today is associated with sex. Now, we put a few dirty words in there. That's what you mean, like finger pie and penny lane, which is a colloquial Liverpool expression for frigging. And we played dirty boy tricks like that, but uh, music is sort of sensual. I don't know whether it's sex or not. But if uh, sex, you mean by sex life, then the whole thing was sex, right? The whole rock and everything. Right. Well, you see, we're, we kind of like sex and we kind of like life. Unfortunately, Manhattan Cable Television doesn't. Well, you noticed. You noticed, right. And you also noticed the FCC doesn't. What's the difference between America and England's sexual censorship? Do they freak out as much on the BBC about nudity? You know, I haven't been there for five years, but so I have no idea what's going on. But I've heard they, they showed a lot more tit and ass than they do over here on the, on the straight TV, you know. So it's a pity, isn't it? Because the, the tit and ass is so good here. They should show more. Uh, speaking of that, do you think that little children should be kept away from this because it might injure them? I don't think they should be kept away from naked bodies. People who subscribe to Manhattan Cable Television, I think their average age is about 26. Do you think they should be protected from tits and ass? No, I don't think protection is necessary. I think that they should grow into it naturally, though. We don't have to push them into it or, you know, overtly do something about it. They'll naturally understand and be aware of things. I'm do you think they should have the right to decide for themselves whether they want to see it or not? You know, switch off if you don't like it. On October 18th, the Ringo Roto Gravure promo tour travels to Tokyo, Japan, where Ringo gives two interviews for Japanese television, one of them being for the TV show Star San Ishiwa. Hi. 
かねリンゴさんみたいだととってもね仕事でもそれが何でも楽しんでやってるっていう感じがね、うん、するんですね you, enjoying, life, career... 人生をねとっても楽しんでらっしゃる oh, yes, right now, I make lots of nice records,、mm-hmm. they do very well. I'm in love, I'm having a good time, I'm traveling around the world, everything is very nice. Uh, she just got back from shopping as we were leaving. So I told you before, she shops everywhere. She gave me this and I walked out the door and she walked in. She's got a good taste. A few days later, on October 19th, at John's Dakota apartment in New York City, Lennon, anxious to test that new acquired green card, packs up for a trip to Hong Kong and Singapore. From the Dakota, Yoko helped book John's hotel rooms and grand transportation, but it was John alone this time, traveling with no aides or assistants or friends or anyone, truly on his own. This is the first time that he's been out of the US since 1971, and the first time he has ever traveled alone since he was 20. Well, John Hazinges, please have your boarding pass and passport ready for document check. We wish you a pleasant flight. Thank you. Also on October 19th, back in London that evening, Paul McCartney with his band Wings climaxed the Wings Over the World tour. With a concert at the Empire Pool in Wembley.
Jack. Okay. Are you all right? Paul, Linda, and the band are interviewed backstage before the show by ITV Today host Iman Andrews. So Linda's going to be there. Are we on it? <laughs> Hello there. I don't think I have to tell you. So that's superb uh, pianist from Paul McCartney. Here we are. Thank you, Abe. At Wembley. I should also have his missus on my left hand side, Linda. You're not going to join us, Linda? Well, we've, we've got away from the cloistered calm of Houston Studios because uh, they're on the end of a world tour. Three nights. I've gone past security guards, fans, everything to get in here. I will see to be back home for it. Terrific, game. <laughs> how, many, how many concerts, how many countries have you? Uh, I hope really well. Thank you very much. How much uh, can your, your your fans here hope to see of you? I mean, these next three nights, you can't get in to see you and so on. Yeah. What are you going to do? Well, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully do a uh, bigger tour next year, you know, including more places. But this is just sort of the last three dates of our world tour. So we did it this way this time. But next time, we'll... We're pumped to skulls off, honest. <laughs> So do you still say the roots are here, or do you...? Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Well, we still live here, you know, and if our roots weren't here, believe me, you know, everyone says you've got to get out because of the money situation. But uh, yeah. you know, we don't like being ruled by the money, and we like living here, we like the people, like the countryside, like the hot summers and the rainy winters. Mm. Scotland. You know, love Scotland as well. You're a fan of Scotland? I am. Well, Britain, England, everywhere, but Scotland, I really love. It was a quick checkup. You put in the other two, just because you just said it was Scotland. Well, I don't have to say half a success, right? Because you have certainly some ocean success, I know, and I feel good one. Thanks for having us coming, because we've interrupted all your rehearsals. Thank you very much, boys. Wayne, Paul, Linda. Tune up now. That's it. That's it. Thank you, Linda. That's it. So, where are you? Over here? Yes, here. Yeah. I want to say goodnight. Phil Grundy will be with you tomorrow, but uh, I'm going to leave you tonight with some facts. Wings in action. Which 8,000 people will see at people here on Thursday. Goodbye. Don't let these cameras put you off, lads. Just act natural.
Thursday, October 21st at Wembley Stadium, London, Wings performed their final concert of their world tour. Good evening and welcome to the second night at Wembley here, Wembley Pool, don't fall over last night. The band enter Wembley for an afternoon rehearsal. How are you doing on that thing? Well, I've got it too, but it's, it's now a quarter to... Oh, yeah. 12 Just let's hear it. Same as last night. Yeah, let's hear that. After the rehearsal, the band assemble for a couple of quick questions from the press. Why are the Beatles not going to come together again or when? <laughs> the Beatles split in 69, and I since then remember. they've been doing fine. And if that question doesn't cease, ain't no one going to get no peace. And if you ask it just once more, I think I'm going to break your jaw. <laughs> It's very hard to follow that. Is it embarrassing having to work with somebody who has yeah. such a star image? You having to work up there? No. Why would it be embarrassing? <laughs> just like all the rest of us. That's right, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. No, not embarrassing. Does it put a lot of pressure on you? No. Less pressure. Let her. Huh? Uh, um, open to the media, you know, to the world. For Joe English, you know. For you, has it been much of a pressure over the years? No, the main pressure. The same pressure. kind of things that you were noted for before, but you're yeah. doing in a different way. Yeah, the main pressure originally was just when I originally just split with the Beatles and they'd split up. The original thing that it was just tough for a couple of years to even think of if we could even dare to try and do anything again, you know. Or whether you just have to hang up your uh, boots and uh, retire gracefully to boot. Outside the sold-out Wembley Arena, shut-out hopeful fans try to purchase tickets from scalpers, even if it is at a premium. Fifteen quid each. Fifteen quid each? Where are they? It's best. Well, best, but how far back is best? Where, 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 where were you standing? I'll get you a couple. Where will you be standing? Tell me what you've got. Well, you, can, you tell me what you want. Arena? Fifteen pounds each. It's yeah. a bit strong. Thirty cool. quid for two. What did you want to pay for two? <laughs> Well, they're £3.50 tickets, aren't I they? I know, but they've been sold out for months and months and months. And supply and demand, isn't it? You know yourself. Are you selling all those? You're getting rid of them quickly. Yes.
Okay. Listen there. Uh, let's get near the end of our show tonight. So tell you like uh, something to oh and um, so listen this is our last night tour of our tour as you might know been on round up and it's really great to finish up here with a bunch like you so and I'll tell you oh, honest listen I'll tell you one more thing too just like from all of us in the group and the horns here we'd like to thank uh, everybody on the stage crew because it's really about the best crew.
Following tonight's show, Wings attend a special party hosted by EMI to celebrate a successful tour. How do you feel the concert about tonight? We thought it was very nice, yeah. How do you think about the audience? They're very nice. It's very good. Night, Which audience would you like prefer? American audience or? Human. How many countries? Something like. Um, 38? <laughs> I'm not sure. It's 62 shows. Maybe. Two million people in all have seen it. Yeah. What's it actually been like for the for the group as a whole, Denny? Uh, a good experience, hey. but, uh, you know, it's very calm actually, it was very calm. When, Once when we you... did one, it was... Over in Hong Kong, Lennon was settling in at the Hyatt Hotel in Hong Kong. He was alone, free, and full of self-discovery. No one recognized him, and he loved it.
Each day, John would wake at the crack of dawn, step out of the hotel, and just walk, exploring the city and watching people. He took long walkabouts. John was quoted as saying, I wandered around Hong Kong at dawn, alone, and it was a thrill. It was rediscovering a feeling that I once had as a youngster, walking in the mountains of Scotland with my auntie. This was a feeling that makes you want to write or paint. On October 21st, as Paul McCartney was celebrating the completion of his critically acclaimed world tour, Lennon stepped out of the hotel and started to walk. He came across a crowd of people heading to their jobs. He decided to follow them. As Lennon later recalled, I walked out of the hotel and followed these workers onto a ferry. No one noticed me. Here I am all by myself walking around in the Far East. Lennon stepped onto the ferry which was bound for Macau, a Portuguese territory 25 miles west of Hong Kong, across the Pearl River Delta. John took the ferry back to Hong Kong with the workers at the end of the day. Getting the bug to do more exploring, John leaves Hong Kong on October 22nd and flies to Singapore. He stays at the Hyatt Singapore Hotel and checks in under the name John Gherkin. During his visit, Lennon went shopping at the Metro Golden Mile department store. There he was noticed by Miss Sania Fu, an airline flight attendant who was shopping with her friend. Sania went up to Lennon and asked if it was really him. John said yes and agreed to a photo. After staying four days, Lennon left Singapore on October 26th. He began his long trip home today and arrived in New York on October 27th. While John was in the Far East flying home, Ringo was doing some flying of his own coming back from Japan and heading to the U.S. He and Nancy landed in Los Angeles and went right to work, recording. And on October 29th, recorded and mixed at the Atlantic Records Studios, the Three Dog Night hit, I Can Hear You Calling, for a possible single follow-up to A Dose of Rock and Roll. I can't hear you calling! November. Over in London, at the Abbey Road Studios, Paul and Wings continue to select and mix tracks from their world tour for a live concert album release. It was at one of these sessions that television screenwriter and producer Gene Roddenberry, who is best known for his TV sci-fi creation Star Trek, approaches McCartney with an idea to have Wings appear in a sci-fi musical, An Invasion from Space. The original proposal is for Wings to simply play themselves. That's odd. I've never seen anything like that before. Nor have I. McCartney agrees and work on the project is scheduled to commence in January of 1977.
on November 5th. An all-star soundtrack double album titled All This in World War II is released in America. The soundtrack LPs correspond to the 88-minute black-and-white film that features cover versions of Beatles songs interwoven with clips from World War II newsreels. Beware of spider who invite fly into parlor. Now, 20th Century Fox invites everyone to come and see the all-talking, all-singing, all-dancing, all-action-packed extravaganza. We're wiped out. All this in World War II. I've been looking forward to this picture for a long time, and tonight is the night. Cognac for the field marshal. You British pig! And the stars of all this are the musical compositions of Lennon and McCartney, performed in stereophonic sound by the most popular recording artists of today. The songs that are performed are by Elton John, Rod Stewart, David Essex, Jeff Lynne, the Bee Gees, and more. Very interesting. All this and World War II. This one's just for me. On November 8th, Capital EMI in America released the LP The Best of George Harrison. selection caused a bit of controversy with the album's A-side featuring seven Beatles songs and the B-side featuring six solo Harrison tunes. 
Hey, listen, Capitol just put out uh, George Harrison's greatest hits. Yeah. They forgot to put I Need You. I know, yeah. I mean, I, I can remember, you know, watching that movie Help, and oh, right, yeah. right near the end of it, we hear a very familiar voice saying, I Need You by George Harrison. Yeah. Dum -dum 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 that was the tune they played at the end. Yeah, well, how, one of those. how could they leave that out? Well, really, there's a lot they left out. <laughs>
The album The Best of George Harrison peaked at number 31 on Billboard's Albums Chart. Also on November 8th, Capital EMI released in America the single Obla Dee Obla Da by The Beatles. in a New York City courtroom today. A judge rules on the monetary damages to be rendered in the case of George Harrison, the owner of the song My Sweet Lord, versus Bright Tunes Limited, the owners of the song He's So Fine. It was decided George is to pay $587,000 to Bright Tunes Limited for copyright infringement. 
George was not present for the decision. On November 15th, Dark Horse Records and Warner Brothers released the single This Song by George Harrison. It's off the new George Harrison album, 33 and a Third.
On November 15th, George Harrison begins his 33 and a third promotional tour in Chicago. 33 and a third is George's brand new album that will hit the stores later this week. It is his seventh studio LP. The next day on November 16th, on a local radio station, Hello from Chicago. Well, two down and two to go. We've had a chance to meet two of the four Beatles. Uh, Paul and Linda McCartney were on our show not too many months ago, and we had a pleasant evening with George Harrison last night, and uh, we're going to talk to him on the telephone in a minute, and that will give you a general idea of the fun that we did have. In fact, uh, he is about to leave Chicago on a kind of a whirlwind tour thing. I'll give you a little bit of background about it. He's going to try and hit five cities in five days. That's why he could not be here in person. But he did have time to spend with a few of his friends in Chicago last night. A report on that is coming right up on The Roy Leonard Show. George is having a busy week on the road. He spends the previous evening promoting his LP at a Chicago nightclub. Then he interviewed the next day at the local radio station, The Roy Leonard Show, and announced that he'll be on New York's NBC Saturday Night Live TV show. George, you, hi, hi Roy. you throw a fantastic party. Well, it was not bad considering, was it? That was a super party, by the way. And listen, that dance you did at the end with that very delightful-looking young lady was really something. You've been practicing your steps. <laughs> Actually, I was just sort of a line, you know, when she said that. You know, I may be a lover, babe, but I ain't no dancer. <laughs> I don't know what song that was in, but it came right into my mind. You know, as we listened last night in Chicago to your new album, one of the things I think that captured us all was the, the happy music that George Harrison is now into. Yeah, it's, uh, it certainly is, actually, especially when you see the movies, like those movies, because the song like Crackerbox Palace, if you don't see the film, it, all true love, actually, they could both be taken, uh, you know, straight, but they really are comical. There's a lot of up music in the album. introduced those uh, films to us last night, you mentioned uh, Eric Idle, and of course I've had a, the chance to interview a number of the Monty Python gang when yeah. they've come through Chicago. Yeah. You, you told us that they might use these films in Europe. Now how? I mean, will they, show, will they actually show them on television? Oh yeah, you know, Europe is sort of, particularly places like Holland, Belgium, Germany, France, um, you know, all those sort of countries. We've done it for years. I don't know if you ever saw all those clips the Beatles made of uh, Strawberry Fields and Penny yeah. Lane and Hey Jude and all that. They were made basically for television slots on pop shows around Europe, Australia, and the UK. But um, 
as we made those with Eric Idle, he was friendly with the people and was coming over to host the Saturday night show, and it was his suggestion maybe that they would like to show them. So they were really thrilled about it. Listen, we're thrilled about the fact that you and Paul Simon will be together on Saturday Night Live on NBC, but can you give us a little hint as to what you might be doing Saturday night? I'll probably just go and collect my share of the three thousand dollars. Yeah, I read about that. I mean, that. it's very tempting, you know. Eight hundred dollars, I could do it. <laughs> Listen, the uh, the song, of course, that we've been playing now for a couple of weeks in Chicago, and a song that you played for us last night, and one that we're going to hear be, you know, going to be hearing a lot of is a thing called this song. This song, and yeah. And in it, in it, there is a little riff from your last single, you, or at least I thought there was. <laughs> Well, you know, you're starting to get like me, listening to every bar and beat. And Wait a minute. What it sounds like. I got one more thing to lay on you. I have a 14-year-old son who swears that there is a little bit of the Captain and Tennille record of Love Will oh, Keep God. Us Together. Oh, no. <laughs> That's what he told me. Uh, well, uh, you know, maybe he should become a musicologist and make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, he could go to court and testify. Yeah. yeah. That's it gotta... sounds more like Sugar Pie Honey Bunch to me. <laughs> uh, do you uh, have the opportunity to hear other artists do the songs that you have been associated with? Uh, yeah, usually, because usually um, the publishing people send me copies, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, I, there are so many things that, you know... Do you, you hear the James Brown version of something? That's, I know. That's the greatest version of something. James Brown, it was on... Has that been released in America? Yeah, it was about two years ago, um... Polydor. We're going to rush right down to the record library again. It was a single, and he re-recorded the very first song he did. Mm-hmm. He re-recorded it, and it was on the B side of that. Of course, you know, something has now become a, a standard. I, I don't think we go to a nightclub show. I don't think we go to a concert hall. Yeah. And, of course, uh, Ray Charles has got to have one of the greatest recordings of something, I think, that we've ever played on the Yeah, year. I like the bridge part that he does. But you got to hear James Brown. We'll get it out. Fantastic. This is a time, you're, you were here in Chicago last night, you're about, by the way, where are you leaving for? Uh, we're on our way to Boston now. You're on, to, all right. You'll I be think in? the jet's actually revving up right this minute. <laughs> okay, I know, you got, in fact, I can hear it in the background, practically. You, I know you got to go, but you, you're going to be visiting like five cities real quick, then you're off to India. 
do you kind of like the idea as you were last night, getting back uh, among uh, friends? Uh, yeah, it's it's really good, you know, because there's a lot of things I know people always calling up and writing and wanting to know things, and I thought it was a perfect time and opportunity for me just to do it. I could cover like five cities right. uh, very quickly and meet as many people and, you know, just remind them that I'm still a human. I just want the rest of the world to know that I don't think I've ever met a man uh, with as much patience as you showed last night. You probably had your picture taken 500 times, signed umpteen autographs, but you did. You took time to have a word with everybody, to encourage people, to accept... Uh, you know, <laughs> remember patience and prudence. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I do belong to me. I didn't think anybody in the world remembered oh, patience I and prudence. You got it, man. George? Yeah? God bless. Oh, God bless you, too, and everybody who's listening. Thanks a lot, and uh, thank you very kindly. Okay? Thanks, George. Okay, bye-bye. Have a good trip. Thanks a lot. Au revoir. Bye. Bye-bye, George. From Chicago, George flew to Boston on November 16th for additional promotion for his LP. Leaving Boston, Harrison flies to California for additional promotion. George attends a party in West Hollywood on November 17th. Arranged by Warner Brothers, George attends a special dinner at Chasen's on Hollywood Boulevard. The dinner is not only to promote the album 33 and a Third, but also to announce the worldwide distribution deal with Dark Horse Records. During this hosted event, a short color film aimed at the Warner Brothers sales and marketing team is shown. Hello, Arthur. This is George Harrison on behalf of Dog Horse Records. I'd just like to say, very nice to be here with you tonight on this film. I'd like to thank all of Warner Brothers and uh, WEA, all those weird salesmen, for the wonderful job you've been doing in the past 29 years. It's really very relaxed. Relax, relax, George. It's incredible. Anyway, it's nice working with you, and it's nice to know that the best sales force in the world is selling Dark Horse Records. Don't drink too much, and I'll see you in Thanks a lot again. Keep up the good work. And in the meantime, I'm just going to write my new album, which goes like this. You can go your own way. Oh, no. ABC TV's Joel Siegel interviews George in L.A. for a New York Entertainment News feature titled... George Harrison is back, healthy and happy. The good news is that George Harrison is healthy and happy. The bad news is that he's healthy and happy without John, Paul, or Ringo. <laughs> Two, three, four. these young men. Twelve years later, it seems they made those hard days nights more than a little easier to take. But twelve years later, they're out on their own, men in their thirties now. 
and the long hair that raised havoc in 1964 seems close-cropped and oh-so-boyish today. Still, their music made a generation free, a generation that waits for the promise of good day sunshine from Beatles together or apart. Today at a press luncheon, George Harrison unveiled a new song, a new album, and a brand new record company. This song was written in reaction to a copyright suit against Harrison. But this song, the lyric goes, is a simple song. It don't infringe anybody's copyright. No, this is not the somber, magical, mystical George we used to know. The music is happy. George is happy. But happy enough for a Beatles reunion? That's a question I had to ask. Harrison, on his own, feels he's starting a new career, making happy music, working now with Warner Brothers for him a brand new record company. It, it just it gave me new sort of energy, new hope. You know, just the whole idea of a new deal, a new situation, new people, more um, incentive, you know, more energy input from other people. Because um, the old record company, you know, they just took us, took us for granted. How can you take George Harrison for granted? It's quite easy. <laughs> <laughs> like this. Harrison's single is just out and already on the charts. His album will be out soon, and from the pieces I've heard, it's beautiful. But what delighted me most today was I found out George Harrison is six months older than I am. Roger? No comment. Hoping your news is good news, I'm Roger Grimsby. From California, Harrison flies over to New York on November 18th to pre-tape a bit of music and comedy for tomorrow night's NBC TV show, Saturday Night. George arrives at Rockefeller Plaza early to begin rehearsing with fellow musician Paul Simon a few musical numbers that will be taped for tomorrow night's show. Ride it, get your ticket at the station on a rock out of line. 
up in a moment live from new york it's saturday night wings release a new album this album deserves a place in musical history and in your record collection and george finally releases his new album on the release of your brand new album after uh, a bit of a period uh, between the last album and uh, a lot of publicity um, in the news other than musical publicity how are you feeling now on this, the week of your release? I feel sensational. Next on Yesterday and Today. Very prolific person, Harry Nielsen. 
Has he been an influence on you, Ringo? No. Apart from drinking-wise? No, no, he hasn't been an influence. I've written a song with him that no one will ever record. It's called I Want You to Sit on My Face. <laughs> <laughs> information or to contact the show visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com also visit at yesterdaypod on twitter and search yesterday and today podcast on facebook see you next time Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts Yesterday and Today and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. (laughs) Wow. And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the show's As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? (laughs) Don't worry, we will. You can head to our social media pages. That's Facebook.com slash Yesterday and Today Podcast or Facebook.com slash Third Men. Or you could head to Society6.com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's Society, the number six, dot com slash K-A-M-I-N-S-K-I Family Podcasts. Yeah, keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. (laughs) Guys, we need your help. (laughs) Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Dad. All right. We'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me.